Hello, and welcome to this episode of Q2. Today, we're going to talk about sampling. So Dr. Lane, what is sampling with um, quantitative research? Sampling in quantitative research, I think this is the same for qualitative as well. Sampling in its simplest form is just who are our participants. And that's, that's what it is, simply put. Who are the participants? Who are we collecting data from? But in quantitative, um, sampling is a little more complicated than that. Um, it's basically who we are collecting data from, but based on who our target population is. So you'll remember the, the whole goal and purpose and underlying philosophy of quantitative research is to generalize. We want to make broad claims about the population. And so we have to identify our population, and then that will tell us who we're selecting our sample from. Um, we have other considerations like how many, what procedure are we using to collect our sample. Um, so there are a lot of, it's, it's definitely more complicated than just, you know, collecting data, collecting from participants. There's more considerations than that. But, um, but yeah, that's, you know, as simply put as it is, for, for quantitative, um, what is sampling in qualitative research? Actually, I think it's pretty similar because for qualitative research, again, you're thinking about what are the parameters of your study, what procedure are you going to use to collect data? So just like you were talking about, so once you have that, uh, once you understand what you're asking about, then you figure out, well, who would be the specific participants that would best help me answer my question? So I think it is there, I think for both quantitative and qualitative, your sampling, so your selection of study participants is guided by what's your question. Although I wonder if, um, I wonder if for qualitative, if it's even more focused, because like you were saying, with quantitative research, you're seeking to generalize to a, a larger population mm -hmm. and qualitative research is zero seeking to generalize. So, and so, so I guess um, long and short of it is sampling is how do you select study participants, research participants, okay. right? Yeah. So um, do you want to talk about, I don't know, do you want to talk about how you do sampling or? Yeah, because this just in our, you know, simple definitions of sampling, it kind of brings up um, while at the at the basic term of sampling, it's the same between qualitative and quantitative, but there definitely are specific considerations that are different between quant and qual. And so in quantitative research, like I said, it's not it's not so simple as just who are you collecting data from? We have to first consider who is the population I'm generalizing to. And a lot of times we want to generalize to adults, humans, <laughs> which it, it, that even makes it complicated because culture can play a huge factor in, in the topics that we're studying. So maybe our population is American adults. And that's a little more reasonable. Um, but we also have to consider how diverse is the population? Um, and do I have access to everyone in the population? Because we do, in, quant in quantitative research, we have... Um, ideally random sampling and random sampling means that every single person in the population has a chance of being chosen to participate so we have to have access to every single person in the population so if my population is american adults how the heck do i get access to every single american adult i, right. I can't 
Like it's it's practically impossible because even then we say we'll just do random digit dialing, right? You just have a computer generate random phone numbers and that's your sample. But that still excludes anybody who's not on our phone list. A lot of times cell phone numbers are not include they're on do not call us. Um, and not everybody has a phone. And so even random digit dialing as as you know good as that sounds, it doesn't give us access to everybody. So we have to use what's called convenient sampling, which just means we're sampling from people that are convenient to us. They are located, we have access like located near us, we have access to them, um, or just asking for volunteers, even it that's typically what we have to use. So there are limitations to that method. Um, but all these considerations for quantitative sampling, again, who's my population? Who do I actually have access to to be able to sample? We also have to consider what statistical tests are we actually going to use? Because the design of our study helps us determine or necessitates a certain amount of people. And so the more diverse our population is, the more complicated our analyses are, the larger our sample size is going to have to be. Um, so in quantitative, there's definitely an ideal number for a sample size for each project, each study that we're doing. There's definitely a target sample size that we're going to collect. Um, yeah, so it's it is there's a lot to consider, a lot of things to think about before you can actually start collecting your sample. So how yeah. how is qualitative different? What kind of considerations, specific considerations, does qualitative research have? Yeah. Um, so for a qualitative research, you're asking, well, what kind of data do I need to answer my research question? And that could be um, could be I need to interview people. And so then so that would be one set of considerations for how would I recruit study participants? Or maybe you need to make observations at a specific location. So you've got interview and observational research in terms of your qualitative options. And then once you once you decide upon that, you think, well, is it, um, am I going to do a single location or recruit people from a single site? Do I want to look at um, a multi-case location where I'd have people from different, like, uh, like if you were doing some kind of health, you know, health research, would I want to interview um, healthcare providers at a specific hospital or would I want to interview healthcare providers at numerous hospitals and do, you know, like compare those. I will say um, kind of as we're having all of these conversations and this one in particular, I think a lot about for undergraduate students doing a undergraduate research, what is um, what is a kind of re realistic expectation for what you can accomplish? Mm. Because for undergrads, you have a 15 week semester. And in that time, maybe you have like four weeks or six weeks. I don't know how much time do you really have to collect the data versus yeah. having to analyze it um, compared to when we think about um, graduate students or people who are professional researchers, they have, you know, you have more time yeah. to do some of these things. So anyway, so, um, so the considerations are what kind of data do I need? And then thinking about where am I going to get it, the data from one site, from multiple sites, again, given parameters of undergraduate research, I strongly recommend a within case single site. Mm. Just, just pick one and understand that better. Um, like you were talking about convenience. Convenience is easy access. Like who are the people that I can easily talk to? Do I talk to my friends? Do I talk to people who live on my hall? Do I talk to, you know, like my neighbors, people that are, they're really easy to um, interview, but not maybe not necessarily um, 
super specific to what your question is. So compared to convenience, a more purpose of a sample would be deliberately selecting people because they meet criteria that are pertinent to your study. Like I did the, um, I was doing the research on um, neighborhoods that have recurrent flooding. So they flood all the time. And I got access to a specific um, location in Hampton. And so that was on purpose. I was looking for a neighborhood that like a resilient neighborhood that experiences flooding. Mm -hmm. And, and um, oh, the other thing I was thinking of when you were chatting about quantitative is that access issue. Like you need, you need access to certain yeah. kinds of populations. So how do you, you know, how do you get their numbers or how do you figure out who they are? And I guess the other, the one other way of getting um, study participants that I use all the time that works with convenience or with purposive is this idea of snowball sampling. So once you have somebody who's, Oh, um, I was interviewing um, people who work in higher sustainability and higher ed and, you know, they were directors of centers or offices. And, and so at the at the very end of our conversation, I thanked them for their time. And I said, do you know anybody else who might be um, interested in participating in the study? So it's so then they, you know, they would give so, me contact information. Yeah, your participants collect or find other participants. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so I think the snowball idea is that. Um, you know, I always get that image of like the ball, the snowball at the top of the hill and it rolls down yeah. and it gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> so it's like you ask that first person and they give you somebody else. And um, I feel like yeah. I should put a link into the like the 1970s Breck commercial because they told two friends and they told two oh. friends. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I think yeah. I'm the only one. So just a, a question for you, because we we both use convenience kind of sampling in qualitative research is convenience sampling kind of the ex uh, what's the accepted? Is it is it a limitation or is it just what you're supposed to do? Um, mm -hmm. And and the reason I'm asking this, I think I'm I'm. It's so hard for me to get out of quantitative thinking because in quantitative, it's absolutely a limitation. Because with a convenient sample, we can't really actually generalize, which is what we want to do. We're limited in our generalized ability. And so yeah. I'm just curious, is it, is it seen as a limitation in qualitative? I think it's like, it's like a gentle limitation. Yeah. Like it's because you have for, um, it, especially if you're doing like a pilot study where you're just trying to get a general sense of a topic. So you're like just beginning to explore something. I think a convenient sample is fine. If you're um, like, if you were trying to understand some situation at CNU, like Christopher Newport University, like if you want to, you just want to talk to the people who are around you about this topic mm. and you don't, it kind of doesn't matter. You just are, you just want to talk to yeah. undergraduates or you just want to talk to staff members or whatever, then like convenience is I think convenience is, is all right. I, yeah. I mean, I would lean more towards purposive um, than convenience. And um, for the purpose of COM 370, I want students to get experience doing observational and interview research. So kind of the skills building piece is I want students to get comfortable doing that. And so if they get comfortable using a convenience sample, that's Fine. And yeah. so when, and then for maybe senior SEM, they think more, oh, okay, really a purpose of sample would be better to answer my question. Okay. So I guess it's a little bit of, um, a little bit of tension between what are my goals for the course and what yeah. do I want people to understand in terms of, uh, you know, big ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in quantitative research, again, our goal is random sampling, 
but to be able to actually do a random sample, we have to identify a very small population. Um, mm -hmm. Even say if my population was Christopher Newport University undergraduate students, do I have access to every single student? Well, then I, I mean, I could get a list from the registrar, assuming I get approved for all of that. Um, right. But then I have to consider, am I limiting it to full-time, currently enrolled, good academic standing students? Or am I including part-time enrolled students? Am I also including students who might be on academic probation? So they are students, just not currently enrolled this semester. So those are all considerations. Like even with CNU as a small population, it's still very difficult to get a true random sample. It's yeah, more possible, yeah. but still very, very difficult. And so in, in COM 318, um, in, in, any, in my own research, in all of our academic research, really, it's all convenience sampling. Yeah. Yeah. For quantitative. For quantitative. Yeah. 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 I think for, hmm, I, I think I'm going to say I'm going to lean more towards purposive for, um, for qualitative research. I think that's more what, yeah. it, certainly convenient sampling happens and you can get, you, you can get great information from that. It's not, it's not a waste of time, but I think yeah. that purposive, the other, um, so when you think about how do you, I get all the time students are like, how do you know when you're finished collecting data? <laughs> and the, the quantitative piece is lovely because you're like, did you get 500? You're done. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We, we run what's called a power analysis. We, um, you know, kind of, uh, well, I want to use the word analyze, but not analyze in a quantitative statistical kind of way. But we we look at our population. Who's our population? How diverse? What statistics am I using to test my hypotheses? And I get the magic number. And so we are done collecting data when we have collected that magic number. That's it. Now, we tend to oversample a little bit because once we collect our data, we do what's called cleaning the data set, which... Um, is a very normal, expected, necessary thing. But we do get, you know, a little criticism from some qualitative or rhetorical um, scholars of you're manipulating the data. Well, no, we're we're making it clean. Um, it's not manipulation. It's it's very expected. But basically, that's eliminating the responses of some participants who maybe skipped some items or they didn't understand the question or, um, you know, various reasons like that. So. We, if I need a sample size of 350, I might collect 375 to allow me to reduce the number by 25 participants if their data was not actually complete, basically. But yeah, we, yeah. we are done collecting when we've reached that magic number. Yeah. When, when are you done collecting data in qualitative research? Yeah, that is so much fuzzier. Um, we call, um, we talk about the data being saturated. So like a sponge, maybe you can't hold any more water, you know, like that's saturated. So that's when you're not getting any new information. When you like, for example, if you're interviewing people and you are, you know, you have your interview protocol, you're asking people the same, you know, like seven questions and you're getting just similar responses, then you would probably think, okay, I have probably interviewed enough people. And kind of like you're saying, you know, if you're looking for a pool of 300, but you send a survey out to 375, mm -hmm. even if it like if it's six people or it eight people, you feel like, oh, the data are saturated. I might interview 15 people just to be like, am I sure, sure that there's mm. not you know, like just to make sure that yeah. 
am I really not getting anything? So, um, so that, so the data are saturated when, or you're finished collecting data when they're in your opinion, saturated. So you're having to listen to your transcripts and kind of, as you're going through your data collection process, you're, you're kind of analyzing, like you're seeing what's, what's happening in here. Another, um, Another way of doing qualitative research is to do observations, and so that's um, talked about time in the field. So mm -hmm. um, how many hours are you spending in the field? And that's, again, like, are you, still, are you seeing new things or you are not? And with observations, you need to spend a certain amount of time in the field to kind of get a sense of what the heck is going on because it's like information overload. There's so many things happening and you need to kind of get that in your head and then you can really see what's going on. Um, for, for both observation and interview kind of research or case studies, any of those kind of qualitative ways of collecting data, if you, in your literature review, if you see what have prior research, what have other people done, that could also give you a sense of, well, if, like for ethnographies, people spend a couple years in the field or they'll spend 18 months in the field. And that is, again, where I was saying for an undergraduate class for a semester, you can't yeah. do two years in one semester. You can't make them match. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so for the like to pilot a study, it would be fewer hours. But anyway, so sometimes prior research can kind of give you a sense of, well, other people did a study and this is how much data they had to collect. So perhaps that's how much I have to collect. Yeah, it, it reminds me of my friend's dissertation when I was at University of Oklahoma. Um, she did, you know, qualitative. She, I, I don't remember if she added interviews. I think she just did observation, but she got access to an interagency, like law enforcement collaboration. And so it was um, police officers and medical and like emergency response within multiple cities and they were all getting together and having these meetings collaborating. I don't know what the, I don't remember what their decision or what the purpose was, but it's a very unique special kind of group communication. And so that's what she wanted to study. And she, she was always gone because she was always attending their meetings. She was always attending their meetings and it just for at least a year, she was participating, well, I say that loosely, but observing, sitting in on these meetings, taking notes and writing in all her field notes. Um, I, she, she essentially had to make a decision to, okay, I'm stopping data collection on this day because I have to analyze and write up my dissertation so I can graduate on time. Right. But then she actually still continued attending the meetings, even once she decided this data is for my dissertation, but I still want to collect more data to have it, to be able to do additional projects. And she's still to this day writing out of that data set because it was so rich and she spent yeah. so much time. I think even still like every, like once a semester, she'll go down and sit in on another meeting and that yeah. she's four years removed, <laughs> four years graduated, and she's still spending time in the field with this group. Yeah, yeah. And, and that also speaks to the, um, like the relationship building idea that was, you know, like a few podcasts ago, like that's what you do with qualitative research. You spend all this time with people that, um, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you have to, like, you have to, you have to bound your study, like you have to put parameters and yeah. boundaries on it at some point, just like you can't, because you cannot, there's, there's always more to be said. So yeah, you have to, if it's, um, you know, a time constraint, there's some reason you're like, here's, we're going to call it now. And here's what we know at this moment in time from what we've collected. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I think this sounds like a good place to stop. Do you, Agreed. do you have anything? Does it sound good? Sounds good to me. Good. Okay. So to our listeners, make sure that you email us with any questions. You can email Dr. Manning at lmanning at cnu.edu, or you can email myself, Dr. Lane, at brianna.lane at cnu.edu. Make sure you put the word podcast in the subject line so we know um, what your question is referring to. That's, That's it, it for, for Q2. Q2.